Oh, my God. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Monday. Back to school, back to work we go. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Look around and you'll see 
Thank <laughs> you. 
J.M. in the A.M. Monday morning. Welcome to a Monday as we head back to school and back to work here at J.M. in the A.M. on Yom Chevron. Hope you enjoyed our Yom Yerushalayim special yesterday. My thanks to Mayor Weingarten, who literally uh, came here to our studios straight from the plane. That's right. He was in, he was in Israel. He landed. And came straight to us here at the JM and the AM, as crazy as that sounds, for the uh, Yom Yerushalayim special. So I thank him. Yes, that's a uh, tremendous measure of dedication. I, I get that. Believe you me. 
So thank you, Mayor. If you missed our Yom Yerushalayim special, it's in the archives, of course. Check out JM Sunday on uh, NachumSiegel.com or on the NSN app. And enjoy our uh, presentation of uh, what was really, uh, in my opinion, one of our best Yom Yerushalayim specials ever. Yesterday between 7 and 9. Today is Yom Chevron. Today is uh, the 29th of ER. Yom Chevron, the day that Chevron, the holy city, was uh, liberated 52 years ago. Uh, you heard the uh, Simcha Liner medley uh, from Project Relax Israeli edition. Kedai, done by Mordechai ben David, Yehuda Green with Hodul Hashem and Anna Bakoach. Hallelujah, brand new from Uri Davidi, Mayor Sherman, our Monday morning theme song, Masecha Hashem, and from Regesh, Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Monday on this June 3rd, 29th of year. Erev Rosh Chodesh. Rosh Chodesh Sivan is tonight. Today is day number 44 in the counting of the Omer. Six weeks and two days. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. And as we said, today is Yom Chevron. 59 degrees, 66% humidity. Winds are west at 5 miles an hour. Partly cloudy today with a high temperature of 72. Then tonight, mostly clear, low of 54. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, a high temperature of 70. Two degrees, 89 right now in Yerushalayim. Wow. Here in New York City, 59 as we wake up on a Monday morning. I, I have to um, I have to commend my staff, which includes a lot of volunteers um, and a lot of great um, staff as well, staff and volunteers. Uh, great job yesterday on the um, coverage of the Celebrate Israel Parade. Really great job. It was wonderful bringing you all the action from Fifth Avenue. We had an opportunity to really celebrate Israel in a unique fashion that sometimes we take for granted. Yesterday was Yom Yerushalayim, so obviously in Jerusalem, both at the Kotel and through the streets of the city, you had the largest and most incredible celebrations. I'm glad to say we had the third largest on Fifth Avenue in New York City, 5,800 miles away from Jerusalem. Yeah, and I'm proud of that. I'm very proud of that. And it was great. Big thank you to JCRC uh, and Michael Miller, uh, who has encouraged us to be on Fifth Avenue and has helped us tremendously, and his staff, who have always been uh, great for us. A big thank you to the government officials who took the time to speak with us yesterday, including the mayor of the city of New York, Bill de Blasio, the attorney general of New York State, Tish James. Um, Scott Stringer gets a pass because he, he, he was literally passing us by as we were concentrating on something else. I apologize to him. Although I don't know if the apology is really necessary, but my point being that, uh, that, um, if things would have worked out, we know he would have joined us as he's done many times in the past. Uh, Senate minority leader, Chuck Schumer, um, who took the time to stop and speak with us and many others, many others, so wonderful government officials, rabbis, leaders, Rabbi Joe Potasnik with a wonderful statement about what was going on on Fifth Avenue yesterday. Ambassador to the United Nations from Israel, Danny Danone. Consul General in New York, Danny Dayan. It was a who's who of government officials who joined us yesterday on air uh, at the parade. And frankly, it makes me very proud. It makes me very proud that we have built an entity that is recognized in the Jewish world as it is uh, to attract all these government officials to speak to our audience uh, through our airwaves. So I thank all of them, uh, and they had really wonderful things to say about the uh, state of Israel and the Jewish community. 
of the United States. Uh, where appropriate, the government officials spoke out against hate and hate crimes and anti-Semitism, which is so important at this time. We're living in an unprecedented time in history, and uh, we should not take for granted those who make public statements uh, defending the right of Jews to live where they want and how they want. So um, a big thank you to those who made the parade a a wonderful broadcast for us and really an incredible day on Fifth Avenue. The weather was phenomenal, and I know that it always comes down to the weather. We always, we always wonder, what will people show up or not? And it really just all comes down to the weather. And yesterday was one of those days that was simply spectacular, Baruch Hashem. A big thank you to the Brooklyn Cyclones and Sandy the mascot and their representative, Mordechai Tversky. Uh, they really helped us set up a beautiful set on Fifth Avenue uh, that um, that served us well and that uh, uh, and that really got the word out about Jewish Heritage Night coming up June the 23rd at MCU Park in Brooklyn. It was a uh, it was a really fun experience, a really fun experience. Uh, and I thank the Cyclones. I thank the American Committee of Shari Tzedek Medical Center. We thank the Rothenberg Law Firm. All of these entities help us present the Celebrate Israel Parade. So thank you. And, of course, if you go to Facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network, you can see the video. By the way, you may have seen this already. Uh, with about somewhere between 30 and 40 minutes left to the parade, uh, our coverage completely collapsed. And, uh, of course, this is the year where... Everything on our end, Baruch Hashem, was working perfectly. And then you probably read later in the night how a whole bunch of internet services just completely crashed and went down around the country, including um, Vimeo and and Ustream and all the services that we were depending on. Uh, as as ZK would say, of course, just at the time that we're you know at the climax of presenting our incredible and amazing coverage, that happens. But that, as you know, it has <laughs> there's nothing we could do about that. Everything else, thank God. We prepared well, we presented well, and everything went off without a hitch, Baruch Hashem. So again, a big thank you to everybody who helped out, and of course to uh, Miriam Al-Wallach and Mark Zamek, and to Rochelle Zamek, and to Lee Ober Zamek, and to our wonderful cameramen, and to ZK, and to Yoni Pollock, uh, to Ivan, our security guard. Everybody worked very, very hard yesterday, and it's much appreciated. JM in the AM at 17 minutes before 7 o'clock on this Yom Chevron at JM in the AM.
Thank you. 
That's Deddy. Before that, you heard Avremo, Avram Fried, Mordechai Ben David, and Deddy with their Chevron selections on this Yom Chevron. Erevers Chodesh at JM and the AM on this day 44 in the counting of the Omer. If you've got the count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. I want to thank everybody for the amazing coverage of the uh, Celebrate Israel parade yesterday. Thanks to all the schools that passed us by with great enthusiasm on the parade route. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, the Brooklyn Cyclones, and our sponsors, uh, the American Committee of Charitetic Medical Center in Jerusalem, the Rothenberg Law Firm. Thank you, thank you. Um, and, of course, to all the government officials, the majority of whom were unbelievable and joined us and made great statements and uh, really participated with us in celebrating Israel. And I thank all of them who were uh, cooperating, uh, or I should say who were cooperative and uh, and the responsive to our request for conversation and interview was really, really nice. America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSingle.com, on the NachumSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Galitzal in the background with our news from Israel coming up, and then the whole bunch of stuff happening between now and 9 a.m. By the way, tomorrow, both Ellie Lacks... And Yisrael Retches of the Aaron Teitelbaum Orchestra are slated to stop by here at JM and the AM. Talk about what's been happening with the band recently. Last night, we were at an amazing wedding. We'll give you all the details, of course, tomorrow morning right here at JM and the AM. Gali Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Monday's next. Boker Tov from JM and the AM. Shalom Rav, Khan Rani Avnai, Ima Shekore Akshav. בחירות 2019, יושב ראש ישראל ביתנו אביגדור ליברמן תקף לפני זמן קצר את התנהלותו של ראש הממשלה נתניהו במסע ומתן הקואליציוני ואמר, נתניהו העדיף את גאביי, לא נסכים שסמוטריץ' יהיה שר המשפטים. תקשיבו היטף מה אמר אתמול סמוטריץ'. אומר, אנחנו רצים את תיק המשפטים כדי להחזיר ולנהל את מדינת ישראל על פי משפט התורה. זה כבר לא נער גבעות הזוי. זה מועמד רציני לקבל תיק ממשרד המשפטים. נוסף התחייב ליברמן כי ישראל ביתנו תתמוך במועמד הקואליציה מתניהו אנגלמן למבקר המדינה. ראש הממשלה נתניהו הודיע כי חלוקת תיקי החינוך והמשפטים תידחה לתחילת השבוע הבא, היות והוא מעוניין לדון בנושא עם עוד גורמים בקואליציה ובליכוד על מנת לקבל החלטה. יושב ראש כחול לבן, חבר הכנסת גנץ, הצהיר, יש ביני ללפיד מספר חילוקי דעות, אך נמשיך בשיתוף הפעולה. יאיר לפיד שילם פוליטית על מהלך בעצוב הזה. מחויבים כולנו להצלחת כחול לבן, וגם אם אין בינינו תמיד אחידות, וגם אם לפעמים נשמעים קולות אחרים, בסופו של דבר יש בינינו אחידות מוסכמת שנסגרת כחול לבן. 
משרד החינוך החליט להכיל את רפורמת אופק חדש על תלמידי החינוך המיוחד במוסדות המוכרים שאינם רשמיים. כתבנו לענייני חינוך דורון קדוש מפרסם לראשונה. במסגרת הרפורמה עליה הוחלט במשרד החינוך, יזכו התלמידים בשעות לימוד פרטניות, שיפור מרחבי הלמידה ונוכחות מורחבת של צוות מורים ומטפלים פארה-רפואיים. המהלך מגיע לאחר מאבק של ארבע שנים, שהגיע גם לעתירה של ארגון ויצו נגד משרד החינוך בבג"ץ. המהלך עתיד להשפיע על כעשרת אלפים תלמידי החינוך המיוחד במוסדות המוכרים שאינם רשמיים. ראש ממשלת בריטניה תרזה מיי מנסה למנוע מנשיא ארצות הברית דונלד טראמפ להיפגש עם תומכי הברקזיט, כתבת חדשות החוץ נועה מועלם. מקור המקורב למפלגת הברקזיט של נייג'ל פאראג' אמר לרשת CNN שמשרד ראש הממשלה בבריטניה פועל למנוע פגישה מתוכננת של נשיא ארצות הברית דונלד טראמפ עם תומכי הברקזיט, ביניהם שר החוץ לשעבר בוריס ג'ונסון. טראמפ נחת היום לביקור רשמי בממלכה המאוחדת והוא צפוי להיפגש מחר עם ראש הממשלה תרזה מיי. ללא הסכם, אם בריטניה אינה מצליחה להגיע להבנות עם האיחוד האירופי. הוועדה לתשתיות לאומיות החליטה לקדם את התוכנית להכפלת מסילת רכבת בקו החוף. מביא את הפרטים לראשונה כתבנו לענייני תחבורה אליאב בטיטו. מטרת התוכנית היא לחבר בין המטרופולינים בישראל ולהוביל מגמת מעבר מהרכב הפרטי להסעת המונים. בכדי לממש את תוכנית רכבת ישראל אישרה הוועדה כי נחוצות שתי מסילות רכבת נוספות עד לאזור חוף הכרמל, וכן אישרה כי צריך להאריך את המסילות המהירות למפרץ חיפה בנתניה לשפיים. החליטה כי יש לאפשר את קידום התוכנית בשלבים, כאשר השלב הראשון יתבצע עד שנת 2030 והשלב השני עד שנת 2040. ומזג האוויר לסיום עד ליום חמישי ללא שינוי בטמפרטורות. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד.
ליבי במזרח, וכמובן ליבנו במזרח הלילה, וגם גופנו.
single from uh, Eighth Day, We All Belong, here at JM in the AM. It's a Monday, heading back to school and back to work here in the month of June. Mazal tov to all the graduates. Oh boy, the eighth graders and twelfth graders and college grads who've already graduated probably at this point. They're all very excited this time of year. It is a great time of year for them. Um, so welcome to a, a Monday, the 44th day in the counting of the Omer. It's Erev Rosh Chodesh. Today's Yom Chevron. My thanks to Mayor Weingarten. We had an amazing Yom Yushalayim special here yesterday at JM and the AM, or more accurately, JM Sunday with Matis Weingast. And I thank Matis and I thank Mayor. It was really a beautiful Jerusalem Day celebration to start off our big Celebrate Israel Day. Thanks to the Brooklyn Cyclones for presenting our coverage from Fifth Avenue in New York City. Thanks to all the schools and organizations for coming out and all the people I know I know it's all about the weather. It took me a took me decades to realize <laughs> that it's all about the weather. And yesterday's weather was so spectacular the streets were just brimming with supporters of Israel yesterday and that was such a great feeling. It's a collective vote. And again, a big thank you to those public officials, a lot of government officials who came on the air with us and utilized our airwaves to declare their support of Israel and their stand against anti-Semitic episodes, etc., etc. It was really, really wonderful. A big thank you to Mayor de Blasio. big thank you to Attorney General James. A big thank you to Scott Stringer. A big thank you to um, Senator Schumer. A big thank you to Ambassador Danone. A big thank you to Consul General Danan. I mean, we got, we had, an, Rabbi Joe Potasnik, we had some amazing and wonderful speakers who stopped on the route and gave their message to the crowd, and um, it was really beautiful. It was really beautiful. So thank you. Uh, the majority of the public officials were really, really focused on uh, on speaking to the Jewish world through our airwaves, and that was an amazing compliment for us. And we thank them and their staff, the, the, the staff who cooperated uh, very, very much. Oh, oh, sometimes difficult for staffs to cooperate with requests or with you know things as they're in motion, very fluid during the parade. And the majority were just spectacular. So a big, big thank you to uh, to the staffs of the uh, government officials that I just mentioned here on the air at JM in the AM. 59 degrees, partly cloudy, and a high temperature of 72. It's 18 minutes after 7 o'clock. Dave Kufeld, who I have the absolute zchut, the absolute honor to induct tonight into the University Athletics Hall of Fame. He's going to join us in the next few minutes here at JM in the AM. By the way, don't forget, those of you who are uh, – part of the uh, Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy, Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School, and everybody out there who wants to support an amazing and incredible school within our community. And it was great seeing the Kushner School yesterday under the leadership of Rabbi Rubin. 
Don't forget the dinner is Wednesday night. Get your reservations in now. The dinner is Wednesday night at Factory 220 in Passaic, New Jersey. Batsheva and Murray Halpern are the guests of honor. We give them a, a big, big shout-out. Uh, Francine and Carrie Teifel, they're the Netzach Israel honorees. We give them a big, big shout-out. Debbie Finkelstein, Distinguished Leadership Award, she gets a big shout-out. And Sarah and Michael Diamond, the Young Leadership Awardees, they get a big, big shout-out. So mazal tov to all the honorees. Uh, looking forward to being there and celebrating with the Halperns and everybody else this coming Wednesday night at Factory 220 in Passaic, New Jersey. Log on. Log on to the uh, Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy, Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School website. You'll see the uh, you'll see the link there to the annual dinner, the 71st annual dinner coming up on June the 5th. Get your reservations in and get ready to enjoy. It's going to be a spectacular night. That I can guarantee it's going to be a fun and wonderful night. This coming Wednesday. Yeah, Thursday already everyone's preparing for the uh, you know, three-day Yontif, Shabbos and then Shavuos. But Wednesday, we get a chance to celebrate at Factory 220 with everybody from the Kushner schools in uh, Passaic, New Jersey. That's where Factory 220 is, in Passaic, New Jersey. Today is Yom Chevron on this Erev Rosh Chodesh. It's a Monday morning broadcast. Thanks for joining us, everybody, here at JM in the AM. Plenty more coming up, including this one from Avramel, Avram Fried at JM in the AM. Jerusalem, <laughs> Oh, I, 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 I,
That's a brand new one from uh, Matt Dub called Cooley, uh, featuring Schleimi Daskal on uh, that one here at JM in the AM. Um, it's got a lot of songs, a lot of great songs, and uh, that is one of them. That is the uh, Cooley selection, again, featuring Schleimi Daskal. Add that to the list of great Matt Dub selections that are ma- that are making their mark uh, here in 2019. Not only at the Nahum Single Network, but basically everywhere. Very, very popular. JM in the AM, 7:30 in the morning on this uh, on this Monday as we head back to school, back to work on this Yom Chevron. And um, Rabbi David Goldwasser's words: Zechanishmas Harav Alevi and Zechanishmas Esther Basar Alevi. Here is. Rabbi David Goldwasser. Oh, wait a second. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We learn in the Medrash, a Torah scholar, a Talmud Chacham, that does not have Das, understanding, is worse than a Nevela. A Nevela is the carcass of an animal that has not been shechted properly. How can a Talmud Chacham, who is an individual that should know and should understand, what does it mean that he lacks understanding? Isn't that in itself necessary for him to become the Talmud Chacham? The Ma'ashor and Sanhedrin tells us that what does it mean understanding? What does Das mean? It means that the person can recognize that everything that happens in this world is according to Ashkocha Pratis, the divine providence of Hashem, and that everything that happens in our lives is Hashkocha. The Tamur Chacham, who understands the learning, who knows the Torah, but does not understand this concept and does not see the moving hand of providence always in his life. So that individual already is worse because of their elevated knowledge of Torah in their lack of understanding of Hashem's presence in this world, that person is considered to be worse than the Nevela. The Tamil Chacham that understands the power of Hashkocha Pratis, of the Divine Providence, that individual certainly will know that everything that happens in this world happens because of Hashem. He will then pray on his own behalf and certainly on behalf of Klal Yisroel. We find that Moshe Rabbeinu waited until Hashem called him to enter into the Oel Moed, the tent of meeting. He didn't think to himself, I have plenty of schuyos. I did a lot of great things in Klal Yisrael. Therefore, I can enter by myself without being called first. By Moshe Rabbeinu waiting until he was called, it showed that he realized everything in this world is according to Ashkocha Pratis. We keep this in mind and realize that each and every day we pray for Hashem's protection, His divine providence and guidance throughout our lives. The great Rabbi Chaim of Brisk once said, If you ever see me, that I get all wrapped up in my learning, that I'm all excited and enthusiastic, and I may be stressing a point, and I may be too excited, at that moment, please, Give a tag on my coat and remind me, Ein od milvado, there is none other besides him. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning physic. Have a nice day.
J.M. and the A.M. with Yaakov Shweki. A reminder that Ateret Koanim is having their uh, 24-hour fundraiser, which ends today. Uh, if you want to help uh, preserve and expand Jerusalem, go. Uh, actually, you can go to Google, literally, and search Ateret Koanim. First thing that's going to come up is the matching fund that's going on for today. So in honor of Yom, yesterday's Yom Yerushalayim, we had a great Yom Yerushalayim special on the air. And the fact that Daniel Luria of Ateret Koanim joined us at the parade broadcast yesterday, which was amazing. Uh, go to Google, search Ateret Kohanim. First thing that will come up is how to support the cause and double your donation. It's either double or four times. It's one of those matching grants. Uh, and Ateret Kohanim will benefit and the city of Jerusalem will benefit. So again, Google Ateret Kohanim or just go to the website, JerusalemChai.org, JerusalemChai.org for all the information. Well, my staff is shocked that I've invited my next guest on the air because they know that I have a, <laughs> I have a longstanding policy not to um, – not to um, reveal the content of anything that's uh, upcoming uh, before it actually happens. Don't do the interview before the interview, so to speak, and that rule usually applies to what we do on the air. In this case, tonight I have the absolute honor 
and I am considering it an amazing honor, a real schut, to induct and introduce uh, David Kufeld into the Yeshiva University Athletics Hall of Fame. And I have so much I'm going to be speaking about tonight in as comprehensive a fashion as possible uh, that I really should not be inviting David Kufeld on this morning. But on the other side, and this is what I explained to my staff, I just can't resist on the day that he's going into the Hall of Fame to have him on and to wish him a big mazel tov. So with all that in mind, Yeshiva University basketball legend David Kufeld, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum. Good morning. You're an, you're an old radio guy. Do you understand the quandary that I'm in right now? <laughs> uh, I guess so. It's sort of like a ball player who, uh, you know, he's, he's on a hot streak. He doesn't want to change his socks or his uh, sweatbands, so... I get it. I get it. By the way, very good example. I exactly. This has been working really well for three and a half decades. Why on earth should I change my system now? But the reality is that it's too big of a mazel tov to ignore when today, Monday the 3rd of June, has arrived. And uh, today is the day that you will be inducted into the Yeshiva University Athletics Hall of Fame, the second Hall of Fame class for YU. And look, a lot of people uh, a lot of people know what I think of um, of you as a ball player, what I think of you as a person. We'll speak more about that tonight at the ceremony. I am honored that you've asked me uh, to be there and to introduce you. Uh, but let's use this opportunity on these airwaves for you you to express what it means to enter the Hall of Fame tonight. Your career at YU ended in the early 80s, so we're many decades later. Is tonight significant for David Kufeld? Oh, for sure. It's um, the culmination of a big part of my life something that uh, that has uh, defined me, that I have identified with, that I've held this banner for all these years, not ex- not expecting such an honor because the Hall of Fame was not a reality for most of the time. And I, I think none of us played for that sort of adulation. Uh, so this is such um, icing on the cake, I, I can't even tell you. By the way, I'm smiling as you say all this because you've gone on to an amazing career, tremendous devotion to the Jewish community both here and in Israel. You're from a family that's always been involved, and you've done so many different things, including, and we'll talk about this tonight, including an important role you had in my career. And yet, as you've just alluded to, all, all we all focus on, all we all focus on is your college basketball career. It's really funny when you think about it. Oh, for sure. But I guess that's the uh, that's the spark that kind of fanned the flames for many years afterwards. And it, I, I think it, those of us who who got it, who who played and, and knew the deeper meaning of who we were representing, and and. Uh, how important it was that um, that uh, that just set the foundation for a whole life, and that uh, is something I'm so grateful for. I have so much uh, hakarat hatov for everyone who's helped me along the way. Well, and that and that group of people is really around the world. A lot of people have taken great pride in your career over all these decades. Uh, David Kufeld's with us tonight. He is part of the Yeshiva University uh, 2019 edition of their Athletics Hall of Fame uh, class. Um, you know, it's no secret, anybody who listens to this show knows it, it's no secret that I view those who represent us, and then it goes, by the way, for Team Israel, it goes for Jewish ball players, and, you know, those in individual sports around the world who identify as Jewish, it goes for everybody, and of course it goes for Yeshiva University students. Um, it's not just the way they play on the court, but it's the way they carry themselves 
uh, on that court. It's the way they uh, interact with other players and coaches. It's the way they represent our people, frankly. And you know that that's a big concern of mine. You know, my kids sit there and 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 pay attention when when all five players on the basketball court have kipote, and this is not are wearing kipote, and this is not a criticism of those who don't. We get it. We understand that there there are even kids from Orthodox backgrounds who are not used to wearing yarmulkes when in the gymnasiums. This is not a criticism at all, but the extra Jewish pride that we get when we see a scene like that. So you know that that's really important to all of us. Um, I think that's part of your success. And again, more about that tonight, but I think it's important to point out to this audience that one of the reasons we've we've focused on what you did during those years for all these years afterward is not only what you did on the court, but how you represented our people both on and off the court. And it's heartwarming for me when I see how important that is for you today when you view today's athletes who identify with our community. And I think it's another reason why people pay careful attention to your career. So when you go into the Hall of Fame tonight, you're going into an Athletics Hall of Fame, but I think one that has some extra meaning, if you know what I mean. Oh, sure. It's um, it's it's uh, beyond the usual uh, Hall of Fame. It's uh, uh, it, it has this added element that you can't find elsewhere. You're not going to find this in Cooperstown or in Springfield or in uh, wherever. It. Um, I mean, I'll, I guess I'll reveal a little of. Uh, um, my remarks tonight and that, you know, you, you, it may sound to some people a little strange or yeshiva athletics, the hall of fame. It doesn't, you know, it, it goes counter to a lot of uh, stereotypes, right? But, but, um, that's exactly why it's so special. Why, uh, why there, the, 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 uh, group of people, you know, my, uh, uh, the brothers and sisters who've, who've competed for YU, um, there's something special because despite all the, uh, the, the uh, uh, um, difficulties of a dual program and of not being able to practice on Shabbat and, and have being limited by certain tournaments and certain, you know, the world is not built around us. And, <laughs> as much as we'd like to think so, right? <laughs> right, right. I mean, we're all, we're into our own little world where we're, where that, you get out into the bigger world, it's, it's just very hard. And despite all of that, we, we put that aside. We didn't ask for a few points extra, you know, when we start a game. Look, you know, we don't play on Shabbat. Uh, no, we're playing you straight up. Uh, no, you know, no questions asked, no excuses, and when that all works, when that all clicks, that's beauty, and that that really is. Uh, it's a chance for a kiddush Hashem. No, oh, that's it. That's, it's exactly what it is. It is a chance for a kiddush Hashem. And tonight, um, again, uh, I have this incredible honor of uh, introducing David Kufeld at the ceremony. Let us not forget that he has some incredible colleagues, as he just alluded to, including. Irv Bader and Steve Melner and Alex Trayman and Hadar Weiss and Josh Haston and Elizabeth Penn and Shai Samet and Rebecca Yosher, all of whom are entering the Yeshiva University Athletics Hall of Fame this evening, and they all deserve the same type of accolades uh, for both their careers on and off the court. David, very much looking forward to tonight. Um, congratulations. Uh, we met a long, long time ago. A dream of mine, as, as difficult I know it is for you to believe, it was a dream of mine to meet you. I never thought we'd actually be able to form a relationship and, uh, and, and reunite as often as we do, uh, both around basketball and the Jewish world. So great to have you on. Mazal tov on this evening. Our best to your entire family, and I'm looking forward to seeing you tonight. 
same here. You honor me by by all of this, and I'm so grateful. I I I'm speechless. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I, you are, people are are so happy for me <laughs> that I've been given this distinction, knowing how much David Kufeld means to me and my life and career, and to him and Suri and the entire family. We say Mazal Tov from all of us here at JMA. I'm looking forward to tonight up at the Yeshiva University. Erev Rosh Chodesh, Monday morning broadcast at JM in the AM as we continue uh, with plenty more. We have the Begin Heritage Center, uh, a representative coming into our studio momentarily, plus Yashar Lachayal will be visiting us in the 8 o'clock hour. Keep it right here at JM in the AM. J.M. in the A.M. Yishtabach Shemo comes from uh, Yaakov Shweki. want to acknowledge those who have been commenting on the app this morning. Trucker Yitz was up really early this morning. Thank you, Trucker Yitz. 
says it's pretty cool where he is, and the JMM is warming him up in the Catskills. Rochelle says, remind all your listeners, today is Yom Shichur HaShomron and Elon Moreh. Yom Elon Moreh. Thank you from Rochelle and Elon Moreh. Constant listener to your wonderful programming. Thank you, Rochelle. Uh, Chaya says, thank you for covering the parade. Kushner students appreciated the shout-out about the Chidon winner. Yes, that was a good one. <laughs> I think that was Miriam Wallach, by the way. I think on the air she put that thought in my head. I think she screamed it out, and then I was able to follow up. But, yes, that was a good one. <laughs> Anybody know how Kushner did in the Chidon Tanach this year? That was a good one. <laughs> they got a good reaction. AJA Carpool number 255 is riding for one last Monday. School ends this week. A big uh, shout-out to Daniel and the entire carpool. And um, we say Mazal Tov, or I should say Hatzlacha uh, Rabat, everybody wrapping up the school year from all of us here at JM in the AM. Nine minutes before 8 o'clock, more coming up here at JM in the AM as uh, we continue on this Monday. My thanks to the Brooklyn Cyclones for taking care of our, uh, our uh, coverage of the um, – Celebrate Israel Parade yesterday. A big thank you for that. Really went well. And thanks to the American Committee of Sharetetic Medical Center in Jerusalem, to the Rothenberg Law Firm, all sponsors of our great parade coverage on Fifth Avenue yesterday in New York City. Derech Achim at JM in the AM. Ima 
J.M. in the A.M. Derech Achim, five minutes before 8 o'clock here at J.M. in the A.M. Well, I got a, uh, a communique from a friend of mine who was um, at one of the synagogues on Long Island recently about a guest speaker, uh, a guest who was visiting the synagogue, uh, who has uh, an unbelievable cause and a wonderful uh, campaign that he is leading. Um, Rob Schwartz is in our studio. He's the gentleman uh, that I'm referring to. He is founder of the uh, Bagan Heritage Center, right? Would that be accurate? The Hidden Light Institute. The Hidden Light Institute. Sorry about that. And, um, he'll be able to tell us about the uh, plans for the Menachem Bagan story. Good morning to you, and thank you for being here. Good morning. I don't it, know I don't know who told me it was the Bagan Heritage Center, but I apologize for that. We are in partnership with the Bagan Heritage Center, which is in Yerushalayim, at the end of Karen Hyasot, overlooking the beautiful old city. I apologize. I'm going to take this quick break, and I apologize. We'll reintroduce Rob to everybody in just a moment at JM in the AM. Apologies for that. A little bit of a furniture malfunction here at the JMM Studios that caught me completely by surprise. And I thank Rob Schwartz for his patience. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NahumSiegel.com, on the NahumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Rob Schwartz is in studio with us. He is founder of the Hidden Light Institute. And he is uh, working on a documentary about 
the great Menachem Begin, Rob Schwartz. Welcome to JM in the AM. Good morning. It's great to be here. I appreciate that, and I apologize for the delay. Explain, as you were earlier, the relationship between your cause and the Begin Heritage Center. Well, the Begin Heritage Center was uh, built uh, about, or they started to build it about 20 years ago. It's a wonderful research center and uh, museum dedicated to the life of Menachem Begin, but also Zionism and many of the values he represented. Uh, we created this 5013C uh, not-for-profit to create a documentary on his wonderful life because nothing exists. And if you will bear with me, I'll tell you the brief story of how it all started. Well, it's funny because we were introduced a few years back to a couple of people who were trying to produce a Begin movie. We'll put it that way for a moment, Begin documentary. Is this a parallel effort? Are they the same people, or is this, or was the ball dropped at that point, and now you're picking it up? Uh, it, it's a separate effort. Uh, it started uh, two years ago. I read the book Prime Ministers, and by the late Yehuda Avner, right. was wowed by Begin, and that caused me to want to do more research. So I was trying to attempt to identify a documentary. Was that book turned into a documentary or some uh, type of movie? Prime Ministers, uh, the book, right. was turned into a documentary. And I thought it was that group that was going to actually try to do something on Begin. but uh, uh, Not not to my understanding. Right. So that didn't materialize. Right. So you decide, based on your reading, and it is a remarkable book, and as much as he concentrates on so many of the prime ministers in that book, prime ministers, his relationship with Begin is like no other. So you get insight that you would never, as, as great as he spoke about Golda and Eshkol, you still don't get the material that he was able to transmit in the Begin section. Uh, I, I agree with you. Uh, I, uh, I was impressed with everything he wrote. Uh, uh, for me, the book was a page-turner, but the section on Begin had a huge impact. I came to New York with my wife for the holidays, and the night after Yom Kippur, uh, I had dinner with my former boss, Senator Joe Lieberman, and a little kosher restaurant in Riverdale. Because you worked with him as his chief of staff. I, I did. And it was an honor. continues to be an honor in my life. And uh, he asked me first question, have you read any good books? And I <laughs> said, I just finished Prime Ministers. And he looked at me and goes, I just finished it two days ago. And then he asked me who's my favorite. I said, Begin. And he looked at me and he goes, me too. Then we discussed the reasons why. And then I said, Joe, uh, I've decided to embark on a project. I hope you don't think I'm a Meshuggah. He said, well, you tell me what you're embarking on. I'll tell you what I think. And I said, I want to create an award-winning documentary on the life of Menachem Begin. Nothing exists. And he looked at me very seriously and said, uh, I do not think you're a Meshuggah. And when you say award-winning, you mean one that will be recognized by serious documentarians by the film industry etc exactly i mean that is uh, the team we recruited uh uh and we have quite a team uh, i'm proud to have surrounded myself with a whole lot of people far more talented than me so this is this is moving this is a project that we can call serious at this point uh our creative team is in jerusalem as we speak are is there a screenplay is there writing taking place is there a film schedule yet uh there is a film schedule we've been researching at the Begin center for the past year and so they know video. you over there huh oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> Uh, I've had really the wonderful opportunity of being in the archives, of reading secret cables and letters between Sadat and Begin, eloquent, 
and really getting to know Menachem Begin and his wonderful wife, Elisa. Will you include plenty about the early parts of his life? Absolutely. I, I, you know, that is fundamental to telling the story of Menachem Begin. Uh, we have a consultant who wrote a Ph.D. dissertation, How the Holocaust Impacted Begin. He, he won the Israel Prize for the uh, scholarship. And the bottom line of that Ph.D. dissertation was that he was powerfully impacted by witnessing the humiliation of Jews as a young man by terrible anti-Semites. Yep. And then the Holocaust, his father led their village in Brest, 600 people to a river singing Hatikva, and then the Nazis machine gunned them to all the death on the banks of this river. Begin made an ironclad commitment, which he never deviated from, to protect the honor of Jews and the physical safety of Jews. We think it's critically important to tell that story, particularly in light of the increase in virulent anti-Semitism. And we see Jewish college students on a defensive crouch on college campuses. It is a, uh, a time that we certainly need a story like this one, that's for sure. Jewish resilience which is always necessary, is certainly very necessary today. Rob Schwartz is with us. He is um, a founder of the um, of the Hidden Light Institute. The documentary that's being proposed is the documentary From Destruction to Redemption, the Menachem Begin story. It's funny that Begin is associated with redemption, with the, with destruction and redemption. That that would be the, the way to sum up his journey. Uh, but I guess as you just described it, when you're when your family is part of literally a mass destruction, uh, a mass murder, as you described, and then you become such a central figure in the founding and then afterward the governing of the state of Israel, I guess it's uh, totally justified to be that dramatic in the title. Uh, interesting enough, those words are not ours. They are his. Mm. And we uh, took it from uh, some of his writings. And... Uh, don't know if that will be the ultimate title. That is our working title of the documentary. Uh, but uh, he was an eloquent man. Uh, oh. I, I, I really want our young people to listen to his words from him because he was a powerful orator and, uh, and eloquent. And uh, he's inspiring just to listen to um, have both Senator Joe Lieberman and actress Mayim Bialik made a commitment to be part of this project? The answer is yes. Uh, May 19th, I will tell you, uh, it was just a short time ago, uh, Rabbi Soloveitchik of the Portuguese and Spanish synagogue had a Begin event. We, we just came off of 12 straight days, starting in Baltimore, ending up in New York, of Begin events each night at a major synagogue. We had close to 500 people at a synagogue. I, I came, it was called for 7 p.m. I walked over to the synagogue at 6. There was a line around the block, 72nd and Central Park West. I, I was stunned. I'm from Colorado. We're not used <laughs> to those lines. <laughs> How expensive a project is this? The budget is $1.3 I would think it would be more than that, so it sounds reasonable, frankly. It, it is. Uh, you know, fundraising... Uh, can be arduous. I have to tell you that. And uh, can you get to 1.3? I, I I think so. I'm I'm. Uh, I had a couple of moments of uh, being a little down at times. 
it's tough getting rejection from time to time, I'll be very honest. Uh, but we've really have had uh, some wonderful responses. Uh, I had a wonderful meeting uh, two Mondays ago with Ambassador Dermer oh, at wow. the embassy. He must be a Bagan fan. Huge Bagan fan. And he took some books down that were dog-eared about Menachem Begin right. and showed me sections that he had underlined and his insights on Begin, particularly Begin's humility and how it manifests itself in his leadership was impressive. How has the fundraising effort gone in the uh, Orthodox community? I'm just curious. Have you met people that have been open to this idea? Uh, if I had to kind of break it down demographically, mm -hmm. that's been our strongest support. Nice. I'm yeah. glad to hear that. Yeah. Uh, I've been uh, really pleased. And I would say beyond that, the reception, the embrace by the Orthodox community has been wonderful. We had a Begin Shabbaton at Young Israel of Lawrence and Cedarhurst. Now, I'm from New Haven originally, New Haven, Connecticut, but last 20 years I've been in Colorado. I never heard of the five towns until this past year. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a big discovery for me. And now you know how important a place it is. When oh, my God. <laughs> but they put on a Shabbos for us. I have to give a shout-out to Rabbi Teitelbaum and Rabbi Trump and the families that hosted us. Uh, it, 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 it was beautiful. Uh, I came with uh, two Israelis. One was our speaker, Herzl Makov, and the other was Chaim Oren, who's on our board, who flew in from Israel just to be a part of this. Wow. And my assistant, Brandon Fisher. And they embraced us like family. And we loved davening at the shul, and then uh, Herzl spoke, and then during the Sauda, he and I took questions about the documentary. Phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are what some people would call uh, reasonable levels of support. And what I mean by that is that anybody who wants to support literally just at a few thousand dollars at a time can do so. And then obviously you're looking for those who want to, you know, give half to $1 million, which I understand, but it, people should not think that they can't participate in this. You have many different levels and uh, you want to hear, frankly, from anybody in this audience who is touched by the fact that there's going to be a Menachem Begin documentary um, you know, you want to hear from them and have them be part of it and be recognized as sponsors of this uh, of this landmark production. Uh, I uh, totally endorse and subscribe what you're saying. Y you know, during the building of the temple, uh, every Hebrew gave a half shekel. Right. It was a symbol of unity. No matter how rich or how poor. Exactly. And uh, what I tell people is no contribution is too small. Uh, we want to show uh, all levels of support Remember, Begin represented the marginalized uh, Jews of color, uh, the poor. Those folks were his base. Jews who live modestly. Exactly. If you've seen the uh, yeah. his apartment at the Begin Museum. You, you know something? That is one of the things that awed me the most. At a time when many elected officials, n not just in Israel, but around the world, used their position to leverage he was all about public service. Yep. And, you know, when he won the Nobel Prize, he didn't take a dime of the reward money. It was all invested, and that money throws off money to this day, which is given out by the Begin Center when they give the Begin Prize out to the awardee. I, never, never, I never knew that. He That's never amazing. took a dime of the Nobel money. Now, doesn't that say something to you about the virtue of that man. Oh, it certainly does. By the way, there's a, uh, what you mentioned earlier about the honor of being a Jew, which he was, uh, 
anybody who remembers the way he presented himself, that was so important to him. There were subtleties um, that he felt were important to demonstrate, uh, even though he may not necessarily always uh, incorporate them into his own life. I mean, things like, when I was a kid, things like he insisted on dairy meals during the nine days in the White House because Jews do not eat meat during the nine days. Again, I don't know if he did or not, but he felt as a representative of the Jewish people, he had to insist on certain behavior. The way, of course, he wore his kippah at appropriate times and insisted on, you know, on these small, these small items to to demonstrate again the honor of and and the pride of Jews, and I thought I, I hope that that's included in some of the things that you're going to be doing. Uh, absolutely, I, I think uh, his pride in being Jewish, his willingness, and in fact uh, desire to show that, you know, he was coming across not only as prime minister of Israel, but as a leader of the Jewish people. And that meant a lot to him. You know, I I was, uh, we had a function here in Rabbi Lukstein, formerly of KJ, Rabbi Emeritus. Rabbi Emeritus, right. He talked about Begin coming on Tisha B'Av and sitting on the floor and and praying with him and that he was listening to him and, he said he didn't even really need a sitter. He knew every word, and it just was moving. Now, we actually have black and white photos that Rabbi Lukstein sent to me, beautiful photographs of them praying together. On Tisha B'Av. On Tisha B'Av. And uh, that, that says so much about him. And beyond that, those uh, values he carried in to his representation as prime minister, and in particularly the negotiations with Jimmy Carter at the Camp David Peace Accords. Right now, this is the 40th anniversary of the Camp David Peace Accords, and uh, that was his finest hour. Right. Um, Even those who would have preferred that he did not acknowledge or reach out to the Egyptians have to acknowledge that there's been 40 years of peace uh, on a very important border uh, that Israel has. So, you know... We we know that there were there were varied opinions in, yes. in the world about how he uh, about how he went about that entire episode. Uh, I will tell you that I do agree with you that in terms of the ceremonial portion of the episode, it was his finest moment. That he knew how to convey, he knew how to read a paragraph of Psalms like nobody else. Yes, and uh, he knew how to uh, how to act like a Jew uh, in so many different ways. Uh, the Menachem Begin documentary. Um, so, where are we at? Is this? I mean, the filming will be when? Like, give us, a, give us a. I mean, what I think most people are are anxious to hear is when will it, when will it be available to see? But we have a lot to do before that, right? <laughs> this is true. Uh, our creative team, our director Jonathan Gruber, our producer oh, we know Jonathan from the Lower East Side. Uh, no, this is a Jonathan Gruber from Potomac, Maryland. Oh, okay. Modern Orthodox Jew and Gidon Orman mm. from the Five Towns area. Uh, who's our producer, and I have to give also a shout-out to Rachel Greenberg, our other producer. Uh, They are in Israel right now. They just interviewed yesterday Natan Sharansky and his wife. Wow. Because Begin was the first leader in Israel, even though he was in the minority, to speak out and call for the release of Sharansky from the Gulag. Right. Uh, So they've started filming and researching, number one. Uh, we will be done within 11 months, 12 at tops, 
Uh, our distribution plan is Jewish film festivals, international film festivals, but we are also scheduling meetings with HBO and Netflix and, and that world. A lot of venues these days yeah. that release something like this. Uh, the other piece that's important to recognize, he was the first Israeli prime minister to formally reach out to the evangelical Christian community. Right. And we are in discussions with them. Uh, we've met with some major pastors, uh, Pastor Hagee, uh, Pastor Kirk. Uh, uh, there are several we have meetings with because we feel that this documentary should be curriculum for young Jews and Christians to learn about Begin and to learn about the history of Israel. Right. It's an amazing opportunity. Uh, Rob Schwartz, Hidden Light Institute. Uh, the, uh, the Menachem Begin story is entitled From Destruction to redemption, it is in production. That is an accurate way of putting it. As um, the research and filming continues, and uh, I guess the most important thing, and some would say the only thing right at this point, is to make sure the funding is secure uh, for this project. That would be the. Uh, uh, that is, I wake up every day and uh, I am making solicitation calls, going to solicitation meetings. If anyone is interested, hiddenlightinstitute.org. And for listeners to understand, uh, the name of the organization is Or Hatzafun Institute. And uh, one of our rabbi supporters gave us the name because Hashem is viewed in Kabbalistic terms as the hidden light. And we thought it was a great name, and and so we took it. HiddenLightInstitute.org has a donate button. So literally, someone could go there and give from a dollar to a million dollars right there on on the web. Yes, Baruch Hashem, they can give from a dollar to a million. All right, we're proud to, we're, we're not going to be able to do the million, but we're proud that in the next few minutes we'll at least be supporters of your project. Uh, we're honored. It is the least we could do for the honor and the memory of Menachem Begin. Go to HiddenLightInstitute.org, HiddenLightInstitute.org. Rob Schwartz, all I ask is that you keep us up to date on this project. Let us Perfect. know what's going on. Let us know how things are progressing. Let us know if anything major uh, and significant happens with the project. You never know what you're going to come across as all this research takes place, right? You'll find some hidden gems for the Hidden Light Institute. Nachum, that's said beautifully. <laughs> Thank you so much. A pleasure, and good luck with this. Uh, the Menachem Begin story, From Destruction to Redemption, a project of the Hidden Light Institute. We are highly recommending uh, to those out there of any age, uh, and, and whatever your interest level might be in Jewish history, history of the State of Israel, and specifically uh, the history of the great Menachem Begin. Go to HiddenLightInstitute.org, HiddenLightInstitute.org. Read about the efforts for this Menachem Begin documentary film and certainly hit the donate button and let Rob Schwartz and his team know that there are people out there who want to see this documentary come out and to be part of the education of our Jewish youth and really everybody in the Jewish world. A Monday morning broadcast as we continue. Keep it here at the Nachum Siegel Network. More coming up here on this Monday, and a big thank you to our friends at the Brooklyn Cyclones for sponsoring and presenting our incredible broadcast from yesterday's Celebrate Israel Parade in New York City. Thanks to the Cyclones, their Jewish Heritage Night is coming up on the 23rd of June. Log on to brooklyncyclones.com. We will see you there that evening. It's Erev Rosh Chodesh, Yom Chevron at JM in the AM.
Smile, such a smile 
but a smile Although you've been gone now for a while Since that awful day, it's been a trial. Our dreams and hope and prayer put on trial. Until that day, we'll see your smile. If I need an angel, can you hear me? An angel, sweet, sweet angel, do you hear me? Tears and years, the past don't make it easy. But the netach netzachi, kiddushat chanagvish. The netach netzachi, kiddushat chanagvish. Chatalino, take 
Shlomo Katz on this era of Rosh Chodesh, day 44 in the counting of the Omer. Big thank you to our uh, government officials, those who stopped to speak with us and in turn the Jewish world during our Celebrate Israel parade yesterday. Too many to mention, frankly. I'm proud to say, Baruch Hashem. It's Yom Chevron on this Monday here at JM in the AM, and I uh, thank Mayor Weingarten, who was with me yesterday for our Yom Yerushalayim special early in the morning, and thanks, of course, to Matis as well. It was a great Yom Yerushalayim special, to say the least. Well, this radio show has um, proudly spoken about Yashar Lachayal, a- an amazing uh, organization. You could get information, by the way, at yasharlachayal.org. An amazing organization that is um, always thinking of ways to help soldiers of the Israel Defense Forces. That's what it comes down to. And Nir Sinai, who is program director at Yashar Lachayal, is with us in studio this morning at JM in the AM. Nir Boker Tov, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you very much, Nachum. How are you? Baruch Hashem. Program director is accurate? Uh, program coordinator. Program coordinator. Well, I thank you for being here and... You are one thing I could say to everybody is that you're coordinating a lot of projects because oh, <laughs> and, yeah. and a lot of programs because there are many different ways to help Israeli soldiers, as you know. Now, Yashar Lachayal means the words mean direct to the soldier, and this has been a very important part of your efforts since the founding of Yashar Lachayal. You want to provide material and necessities that go directly to the Israeli soldier. No middleman, no uh, no major um, um, bureaucracy to go through. Uh, you want to make sure that these things go directly to the soldiers. Are you able to keep up with that directive, that these projects literally fund and go directly to the Israeli soldiers? Uh, yes, we are. You know, uh, we are blessed to work. We, we're very small. We're three employees, um, and we're able to really focus all of our energy and work on various projects. Uh, because we're so small, we're able to be flexible and versatile. We can come up with different projects. We can come up with different ideas and just run with them. And uh, thanks to, we have a family in uh, Miami who actually takes care of all of our funding for uh, employee salaries and things like that. 
So instead of spending our money on big fancy dinners and things like that, we can actually focus it directly to the soldiers. How many soldiers do you think have been beneficiaries of the work of Yashar Lachayal? Thousands. It's pretty amazing. We've been operating since 2006, since the Second Lebanon War. Um, our director uh, sends his regards, by the way, Leon Blankrot. Uh, he was on the Lebanon border in 2006, handing out supplies to soldiers, and they just, after the war, decided to keep going with it. So ever since then, any soldier from 2006 onward may have come in contact with Yashar, whether through our 14 warm corners that we have throughout the country that soldiers can just stop at to have a free drink, uh, rest a little bit in the air conditioning, and especially in the heat that's going on this week. Right. Uh, and whether it's, you know, basketball games, whether it's getting supplies, whether a lot of things we do, we have incredible reach to get to as many soldiers as possible. So when one stops at a Pinach there's a good chance Yashar Lachayal had something to do with it. Yep, definitely. And, and what was the first project? He's up there in 2006. What ends up being like the founding project of, of Yashar Lachayal? Well, in 2006, they were basically just getting supplies up to the soldiers, whether it was food, whether it was clothes, whether it was uh, popsicles in the summer, whether it's coffee, things like that. And once you start doing that work and you start helping soldiers, I have to say it's addictive. Uh, And I understand why they couldn't stop after the war. They just wanted to keep going and they developed different programs to do uh, and rolled with it. Pretty amazing. Um uh, Nir Sinai is with us, uh, project coordinator at Yashar Lachayal. All right, uh, I, look, we're inundated here with information about what Yashar Lachayal is doing, so I guess we should kick off uh, and discuss some of the projects. You did mention the Pekina Hama. Uh, there are many of them under the jurisdiction of Yashar Lachayal, especially in the central part of, uh, of Israel. Uh, so like I said, if you're in the central part of Israel and you come across one of them, there's a good chance that Yashar Lachayal has had a direct effect on making sure that the Pinachama uh, was built and is operating as uh, as we speak. Uh, you have something called an injured soldier fund, and I would guess that that is a self-explanatory, trying to help those who are in really difficult situations. Uh, yeah, so the best example I can give you is after the Gaza conflict in 2014, many soldiers were unfortunately injured in the hospital. Uh, Yashar Lechayal took care, whether it was buying them uh, medical equipment that they needed and couldn't afford or just an iPad or a tablet to have so that they could have uh, after while they're in the hospital recovering. Uh, special therapeutic beds, things like that. Um, now, thankfully, we're not in the middle of a conflict, so we don't have as many injured soldiers. But we do have an injured soldier uh, Bikul Cholim network. Mm. And I have volunteers in every region of Israel. And if I hear on the news that a soldier was injured... Uh, and he's in the hospital in Be'er Sheva. I call my volunteers in the south. I get one of them to the hospital to make sure he's okay, to give them our information, to see if they need anything. So it's a really, I have a, a huge network of volunteers, and it's really great uh, that if chas v'chalila we have an issue, I have someone that can go take care of it. And for those who follow the news from Israel, it happens more often than we think. And not, not all of us pay careful attention to those small episodes or things that don't get a lot of attention, but it does happen more often than we think. And then, unfortunately, you have a bereaved family fund when there is uh, somebody who's uh, who's been taken by the enemy, whatever the circumstances are, from a family. Uh, it is very difficult for them to get back on their feet very often, and I'm sure that fund is very helpful. Yeah, uh, we try to help the families, especially families uh, with younger kids. That, for me personally, mm. hits to home. Uh, so whether it's helping them out with groceries and buying appliances or whether it's funding the bat mitzvah for a young girl who lost her father to a terrorist attack. 
Oh, unbelievable. Yashar Lachayal is our focus. Go to yasharlachayal.org, yasharlachayal.org, and give generously. Help the soldiers of Israel directly, literally. You don't have to worry about overhead, as uh, as Nir explained. This is literally uh, uh, funds and uh, material and supplies that go to the soldiers directly. You have something here about base enhancements. You get an opportunity to literally not, not just help individual soldiers but make an impact on some of these army bases yeah uh we actually we have a lot of projects going on right now that uh i really am proud of give me a couple of examples so we actually just finished refurbishing a synagogue in one of the army bases uh and it looks great we're super excited uh for the opening ceremony um we actually refurbished it for about thirty thousand dollars um we're building rec rooms we're building a krav maga training room we're doing a lot of great projects and the soldiers really enjoy it it gives them a home away from home and it makes living on base a little a little less bad <laughs> you know a lot of times people especially in this audience they wonder what can they do to really enhance the experience of soldiers and obviously helping individuals is important and we are when we're discussing that this morning but there are people out there who are touched by the opportunity to build a shul or renovate a shul or, as you said, a rec center or a Krav Maga center at an army base. And if it can be done for twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000, very often that's the amount of money that people want to spend uh, to enhance part of an army base. So uh, anybody out there, it's uh, it's about needy soldiers. It's about the Pinachama. It's about bereaved families and injured soldiers. And Yashar Lachayal can be very, very helpful with those. But if you want to make an impact and really help a community – of soldiers that are on a base, uh, then you could take our advice regarding um, uh, rec centers, synagogues, etc., on these army bases, and get more information at yasharlachayal.org. Uh, the Hoops for Heroes is something that we are familiar with because kids in this area of the world get to help Israeli soldiers simply by playing basketball, which is pretty cool. Yeah, there was the fundraising tournament uh, with 10 different yeshiva day schools here in the tri-state area. Nice. We really hope that uh, we'll have this program again this year because it was very successful. We really enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, we have a partnership with Apol Yerushalayim and Tamir Goodman, uh, the Jewish Jordan. Uh, <laughs> we have a VIP box there at the uh, arena. We take soldiers. We usually... We'll call up some combat soldiers, try to treat them to a nice night of catering and basketball. They must love that. Oh, yeah. They do. And if I remember, I think I saw some videos. They were introduced to the crowd sometimes, right? Some of the soldiers Yeah, we sometimes. try to get a shout-out to make sure that the crowd knows that the soldiers that are protecting them are also there enjoying uh, the game, and people love it. They love to see the soldiers there. Well, one of the things we learned about Yasharla Chayal, and um, you, remember, you may remember that some of our family members literally uh, were helpful in raising some funds uh, for your activities, is, is that it's endless. There are so many different ways to help these chayalim, to help the soldiers of Israel. And anybody out there who wants to choose their way, their derech, their method of helping, it's all open to you. I mean, we have a holiday coming up at the end of this week and obviously a big holiday season later in the year. And the holiday food baskets is a big a big aspect of what you do to assist soldiers and their families. And uh, uh, there are um, family assistant funds as we described earlier, both for injured soldiers, bereaved families, etc., and um, and it just seems endless. It seems like there's always somebody discovering something else that soldiers need. One would think that the state of Israel would be able to provide everything for these soldiers, uh, but frankly, even though the state of Israel probably does better than any other country supplying their soldiers, we are a Jewish people. We want them to have. <laughs> 
more and everything they need. Not and, the minimum. And, and exactly, and down to every detail, even if it means extra socks that, that they may need in certain situations. Yeah, so the Army really does take great care of the soldiers, but sometimes there's a little bit extra that we can do that we can help out with. Um, and with the Needy Soldier Fund, it's so dynamic. We can literally do anything that we want to try and help the soldiers. We can come up with projects. Um, we do the holiday food packages, like you said. This past year, we helped almost a 1,000 soldiers' families. We sent wow. food packages. Um, uh, you know, and it's not just food. We'll include some kind of kiddish cup, something nice for the holiday, and they really like it. It really... Even though it's it may seem silly, a small porcelain kiddish cup, but it means a lot to them. It just makes the holiday a lot better. And the pinachama concept, which I'm sure no other country has. I can't imagine that any, any other fighting force in the world has it, uh, where they can go and, and really have everything they need. I mean, we're talking not, not only about you know snacks and drinks. We're talking about hot meals. We're talking about you know uh, uh, different items provided so that they, uh, they feel comfortable. Um, the air conditioning and heating at the appropriate times, as you mentioned. Yeah, the Warm Corner Project is probably my favorite, to be honest. And it's gotten a lot of attraction from the American Jewish community, right? A lot of people are into it. Something beautiful about it is each Warm Corner, first of all, is different because of the volunteers that I have in each yeshuv that are running it. Mm. So, for example, I might have a yeshuv that people are extremely involved. Every Thursday in the winter, they'll have soup night for the soldiers. They'll make little toasts, like uh, cheese, grilled cheeses, ready for them in the fridge that they can just pop into the toaster. Half-frozen water bottles that they can take with them for cold water all day. I have volunteers who just do way more than you would ever expect, and it's so fun to work with them and see the lengths that they go to for the soldiers. Yeah, no question about it. We saw some women in one of the Pinachamas in Israel, and it seemed that she was treating it like her own home. Like she was. They're her kids. She adopts exactly. the soldiers. They're the mother, the father. The soldiers call them their adopted parents. Uh, the women who volunteer regularly in the Pinot, they're called dodot, aunties. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that just from the title itself, it indicates how dedicated they are to the soldiers of uh, the Israel Defense Forces. Anything specific right now? I did mention there's a holiday coming up, but I don't know for the summer. Anything pe- that, that you're specifically working on now or introducing for this summer or basically every project that we just mentioned is open and ready for people to support? The projects are always running. We always have something going on in each project. And also, even if there's nothing active at the moment, we're always looking to do something. Right. We are always trying to get more and to help more and to branch out more. Um, right now, specifically, most of the high holidays are over until uh, Rosh Hashanah. Right. So we're focusing, you know, it's summer now. Uh, it's hot in Israel. It's been over 100 degrees this past week in some parts. Uh, so we're doing as much as we can to keep the soldiers comfortable, whether it's making sure the air conditioning is all good. We sent a truck uh, to the Gaza border a few days ago uh, with popsicles and drinks for the soldiers that are there. And uh, just trying to make this time a little bit more comfortable for them. All right. So uh, there are a lot of funds. There are a lot of different ways people can get involved. If families want to get even further involved, dedicate a pinachama, take our suggestion earlier of enhancing one of the public areas and one of the army bases, whether it be a synagogue, a fitness center, etc. All these opportunities exist. And near Sinai will guarantee you 
that there are still bases that need all of these types of enhancements, right? There's pl- plenty of work to be done. Oh, there's always a soldier that could sit on a more comfortable couch, have a nice uh, game to play, a TV, some movies to watch that's always welcome, and we always are looking for more bases to help out at. And I want to remind everybody, as uh, Nir indicated at the beginning of this conversation, there is somebody who literally funds the entire office uh, machinations of Yashar Lachayal. That's right. And that every penny that people give are literally used for the projects that you've described this morning, which is pretty cool, I must say. It's amazing. And honestly, I feel so blessed to work in a place like that because you go home every day and you know that you did the most. No money went to waste. Everything is going to the soldiers. It's a really great uh, organization. Um, yeah, charlachayal.org. I assume there's uh, somewhere on the site for people to donate, right? Yes, there is. And you can also check us out on Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, we like to upload a lot of pictures. You can really see live what we're doing every day. We'll upload from our different projects. Soldiers send in pictures from the warm corners. You can really get a feel for what's going on. Yeah, Um Those of us in this area, we could be proud that uh, they are based in New Jersey and uh, have a, a tremendous impact on the Army and the soldiers of the State of Israel on a daily basis. You can be part of it. Go to yasharlachayal.org, yasharlachayal.org. You can donate there on the website, big or small. If you want to add to a fund, no problem. If you want to go bigger and enhance an Army base or uh, dedicate a synagogue or dedicate a pinachama, all those opportunities are available to you. You can also speak with a representative, one of Nir's Staff members at 201-448-3433. Again, that's 201-448-3433. Near Sinai, anything you'd like to add? Uh, I just want everyone to remember, really, that there's so much that we can do for the soldiers. Um, and it could be the smallest project, and it could be a big one. Uh, whether you're doing it with your whole community, there's a lot of things that you can do to raise money, or whether you're donating by yourself just a couple of dollars. Anything that you give will go straight to the soldiers, and we promise that we will do the maximum effort in order to give them as much as we can. And you've proven that. You've done an amazing job so far, and it was great seeing you guys at the parade yesterday. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. Thank you. Celebrating Israel with everybody. Todaraba, continued success. Thank you, thank you. Chag Sameach, and, uh, and Yashar Lachayal should continue to benefit from uh, the efforts of this audience and this community, and the Israeli soldiers should be the ones who benefit the most. Help out, everybody. Go to yasharlachayal.org, yasharlachayal.org. By the way, I'm going to add, if you're looking for a great project for a bar or bat mitzvah, if you're looking for a great project for your school to get involved with, a graduating class, etc., etc., Yashar Lachayal will be more than happy to speak to you. They do some cool stuff. That allows uh, your students and your kids to feel very connected to the soldiers of the state of Israel. Go to yasharlachayal.org or dial 201-448-3433. Quarter before 9 o'clock, you are listening to JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. with Eitan Katz. Well, we got a minute or two with Mayor Weingarten as he continues to prepare the Israel show, which is coming up next here at the Nahum Siegel Network. I got to thank Mayor. He got off a plane yesterday, literally yesterday morning, came straight. I'm not kidding. Did not go home. Came straight to the J.M. in the A.M. Nahum Siegel Network studios in Manhattan to do the Yom Yerushalayim special. Mayor Weingarten, Todaraba, welcome back to J.M. in the A.M. Thank you, as always, for putting on such an amazing show for Yom Yerushalayim and at the parade. It was amazing quality, show, production, everything. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, we have a great team, Baruch Hashem. And I have to thank, uh, I have to thank Matis for uh, his JM Sunday slot yesterday. And I want to thank you for kicking off the day with the Yom Yerushalayim special. That was uh, enhanced, of course, by the Kolot, the sounds of 1967 52 years later, every time we play it, it's just remarkable and incredible. Today, oh, and we're getting close to 9 o'clock. Today, you have a an Israel show, brand new Israel yes, show. Live. And, and remember, folks, this is the last Israel show until two weeks from now because next week is the second day of Shavuot. So let's, uh, let's really... What? Next week? Oh, yes, it is. You're right. Okay. Next week's the second day of Shavuot, so it'll be two weeks from today that you return. What's on tap for today? Well, yesterday at Merkaz Harav, as they do every year on Yom Yerushalayim, they have a humongous celebration, and the Prime Minister of Israel is always invited, or the President, to come and speak. Netanyahu, Prime Minister Netanyahu, always comes and always speaks. And there was a moment there, uh, as he was being introduced by the Rosh Hashiva, which was very special. We'll play that for you. Wow, that's cool. it, it was very, It was very moving. You know, Netanyahu's speech was the typical... You know, political stunt speech that I got to tell you at this point, I don't, I don't believe. Uh-oh. I don't believe anymore. Uh-oh. But it was like one of these rah rah rah. You know, everything will never do any, will never move, will never go away. Uh oh. But but that moment before was nice. And we'll, and then we'll take a look at the date of Chaf Chet Iyar, which was yesterday, right. the Jerusalem Liberation Day in history. It's, there's some interesting other events that took place on that day. Cool. We'll tie it into the Merkaz thing and the great Yerushalayim music. All coming up on this Yom Chevron, but a day that we celebrate both Yerushalayim and Chevron at the Nahum Siegel Network, and it's all happening on the Israel Show with Mayor Weingarten coming up next at the top of the hour here on NSN. Tadarabah, Meir. Chag Sameach to you. Jam in the end with a reminder tomorrow morning, both Ellie Lax and Yisrael Retches in studio at Jam in the AM. We're going to be talking about the about the current. Uh, state of the Aaron Teitelbaum Orchestra and their contribution to that um, to that current state. Hmm. Sounds complicated, huh? Well, it won't be that complicated. Tomorrow morning, 7.35, Ellie Lacks, Yisrael Wretches, two great musicians in studio here at JMN. We get a chance to talk music and talk about what they've brought uh, to the Aaron Teitelbaum Orchestra over the last few weeks. And, uh, again, all that is coming up tomorrow here at JM in the AM. Uh, Aryeh Kunzler, who we had the opportunity to spend the Shabbat with in the five towns, he wraps things up with the Ele Barechev on a Monday morning at JM in the AM.
Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSegal.com on the NachumSegal Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing day for us so far at JM and the AM. It's uh, Mayor Weingarten and the Israel Show next. And after further review with Yoni Pollock, Sports Talk with Yoni Pollock at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. for Jake Novak and Novak Now, all happening here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Thanks so much for tuning in. Plenty more tomorrow, including Ellie Lax and Yisrael Wretches of the Aaron Tadabam Orchestra stopping by here at JM in the AM. Have a fabulous Monday. Till tomorrow, Rosh Chodesh. Nahum Siegel reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.